welcome to another episode of Chatty Broads with Becca and Jess. Hey, Broads. I am really excited today. Um, So first, fun fact, I don't really follow many people on social media besides my friends. Um, I just feel like... I don't know if I follow more people than just my friends then I tend to miss my friends posts and I want to see their posts. Um, and I've also talked about too, how if I follow certain influencers that I can get in my head about certain things like body image. Um, but about six months ago, one of my girlfriends reposted this person's post and I started going through her social media and I became obsessed. So I am so excited to introduce to you today, our guest, Sarah Landry from the Bird's Papaya. Hi. And I just started following Sarah a week ago when Quigley actually mentioned her on our podcast. Now that's making sense. I was at dinner with her and she was like, oh, I was just talking about you last week. I'm like, that's where that's where it was. Yeah, girl. We were talking all about you singing your praises. Um, But speaking of you, should we just hop right in this and you can kind of give us a spiel about who you are and your platform? Sure. So I was on Instagram in the beginning, like everybody else was just posting casual pictures of her kids and like those weird selfies where you filtered them very blue. So (laughs) I was like an OG Instagrammer just doing it like an everyday person was. And um, during that time, I actually moved home to my hometown and uh, I had gone to- Where's your hometown? Guelph, Ontario. Okay. So I had was living in Ottawa and I was a mom of three, stay-at-home mom, and I moved home to my hometown and a slurry of events kind of happened that woke me up to the fact that I was incredibly ashamed of my body and that I was not participating in my kid's childhood. I was not participating mm-hmm. in life. I was afraid to go in public because of how my body looked. So at that time, I was about a size 20. I was 225 pounds and I had no idea how to have a good relationship with food. So Mm. I privately started going through a weight loss journey and within a matter of months, people noticed like it was pretty rapid. And, um, in within a matter of months, people started noticing and praising me for it. And so I kind of just started posting these before and after photos of my weight loss transformation. And it was all that praise and all that attention. I was hooked. And at the same time, I'm getting all of these followers and it's really reinforcing this thinnest best narrative. So flash forward a little bit. I've lost a hundred pounds. I'm now have this growing platform. I've been on news channels all over the world. And, uh, all of these things, like there's so much about of my, highlighting your weight. My loss. weight loss okay. was, yeah, it was a bit, I guess it was a big deal for a lot of people because I was doing it at home yes. while being a stay at home mom. And I wasn't doing it with any particular program. It was literally like a free system for losing weight. Made people feel like they could yeah. achieve it. There's a lot of hope in that. And, and I understand that part of it. However, at the very end of it, I was going through a lot in my personal life and I was getting a divorce and I had m- privately moved out um, into my parents' home with three kids in tow. And my stress level was through the roof and I lost an additional 10 pounds. I was down to 114 pounds in a size zero and I'm 5'8". I was so small. Do you mind me asking how old you are? Um, So I would have been like 28, 29. So this wasn't that long ago, maybe five, six years. And uh, 
So, oh no, that would have been like four years ago when that all happened, sorry, but like my initial weight loss was about five, six years. So yeah, four years ago, I moved home with my parents. I'm now 114 pounds and people continue to congratulate me. And I just kind of woke up and went, hold on a second. Like they have no idea that I'm actually going through so much and I'm not, I'm not healthy at all right now. Mm. There's nothing to congratulate in this moment. And at the same time, I had to uncomfortably gain weight. I had to now transition out of dieting and start trying to gain weight. And I was shaken by how much, and just to be like fully clear, I still hated my body. I was 114 pounds and I was still picking myself apart. I hated so much about myself. So I was just, I was heartbroken. I thought, you know, all of this time and all of these efforts, people told me over and over, like the diet culture told me if I just lost weight, I was going to be happy. So why did I lose the weight? And like, I'm, I'm not happy with my body. I'm still scared to go in public. I'm still scared of photos being posted of me. I'm face tuning my body when I'm putting it on the internet because I feel like if I don't keep performing and getting smaller, people are going to stop paying attention. They're going to stop congratulating me. So that was the whole next phase of my journey is I had to really pivot my entire messaging and be really okay with being wrong in what I had been going through. And I had to face the fact that I had some serious disordered eating and very obsessive thoughts around uh, calorie counting and exercise. I, I was just so addicted to everything that that was giving me. So I started to gain weight and everyone got real quiet. Like no, nobody's going to congratulate you for gaining weight. So everything got real quiet. Is this something you saw on social media and in real life as well? For sure. You know, when you see people in real life great intentions behind it but you get constantly like appraised wow you look so great you look so great look at you skinny mini like look at you look so I don't know if they just thought okay now she's fallen off a wagon I've got quotations going but you know there was a lot that was kind of just really uncomfortable during that time because everyone was quiet. My platform that was about weight loss, I now was like trying to lean into like how I, who I really was and how I could show up on social media differently and who I think that I needed to be for the girl who was 225 pounds and hated herself. And, and for the girl who was 114 pounds and hated herself, I just, I just needed to get better and I needed it to look like however it was going to look like, no matter what the size, no matter what the story. And I went through my social media and I detoxed and dieted the heck out of it. I unfollowed everything that made me feel bad about myself. And I started following these women that were part of this movement that I was like, what the heck is this? They're, they're loving their bodies through change. Like they have stretch marks like me, like so much that was just so beautiful and I just felt so captivated by it and I started sharing my own story through it all and and here we are now and I and I sit so comfortably in whatever size fits my body I don't know what I weigh anymore I don't obsessively count my calories anymore I've just gotten free and I get to live so much more free and share that joy and that true authority that I have over my body and the fact that I now people take pictures of me and I don't really worry about it. I go out in public and I'm not anxious anymore. There's so much freedom. And I feel so proud that I get to show my kids a different story than what the world has kind of said so many times before. So we do have to take a moment to pause. Um, Getting into us as women and our journey with our bodies is making me think, oh my gosh, what is that thing that happens oh so often to us in the sisterhood? The most terrible curse, the UTI. I get a good amount of UTIs. Do you, Becca? I'd say usually like at least one a year. 
gosh, they're the worst. Um, well, if you have them a lot, turns out you're not alone. UTIs are the second most common infection in the U.S. Half of all women get UTIs, and about one in five women struggle with reoccurring UTIs. I was in a season where I find myself like literally avoiding sex um, as frequently because I'm like, mama don't have time for a UTI right mm. now, okay? Um, but that's not a problem anymore because thank God for Eucora. Yeah, Eucora, it was developed using the best research available in collaboration with a team of physicians, and Eucora's unique formula targets bacterial bacterial bacteria and enables you to safely flush bacteria out of your urinary tract stopping UTIs before they can even start and it's so easy just mix it with water and drink it after intimacy or exercise or whenever you think you might be at risk of a UTI um I did it recently I thought I felt one coming on can mm -hmm. always kind of tell when one's a brewing <laughs> you can. took the Eucora it's made with ingredients found in nature tastes like pink lemonade it's really good actually yeah. i just poured it in my water bottle with surprisingly sipping it good all day also eucora also makes a specialized probiotic eucora promote which includes two specific strains of good bacteria that your body needs to keep bad bacteria in check you know how i'm all about the probiotics you eucora promote balances ph and restores good bacteria that keeps your system healthy you just have to take one capsule a day to ward off the utis and uh other nasty issues like yeast infections and bv oh my gosh i turned my sweet younger sister onto them because she's been exercising a lot lately she's been getting them a lot and Eucora has been helping her so much um and if you get UTIs frequently you know that cranberry juice is just not gonna cut it and lord knows if you're taking antibiotics for it the use of those antibiotics too frequently can be a problem mm -hmm. I had major issues with uh taking them too frequently when oh my gosh yeah because that'll throw off your whole you'll exactly. need probiotics after exactly. having those antibiotics all the time and that's why Eucora is such a lifesaver and they don't have a, um excuse me and they have a money-back guarantee they really want to help and if you aren't happy with Eucora they don't want you to be stuck with something you don't want try Eucora and if you aren't happy within 30 days they'll give you your money back try it try it try it and feel that relief broads Try Eucora risk-free for 30 days and say goodbye to UTIs. And right now, Eucora is offering 30% off when you text chatty to 484848. But hurry, this is a limited time offer. Text chatty to 484848 to get 30% off your order of Eucora. That's C-H-A-T-T-Y to 484848. Yeah, can I ask about your upbringing and like what that was like for you mm -hmm. as a kid? And maybe was there family influences that pay played into how you saw your body, the way people talked about your body or the way your maybe your own family talked about their bodies or? For sure. So um, my mom grew up or well, my mom had uh, she was very overweight, like very overweight. And uh, it, which is kind of an interesting I'm going to loop back to that in a second. But she was very overweight. And I could tell that she had a fear for us of going down that same road. Genetics were still at play. Like there's a lot of people who in plus size bodies in my family, it wasn't anything that was a surprise there. My sister at the same time was a 10 year anorexic bulimic um, recovery. But I was there through it. I saw how much more attention she got being thin. And I watched my mom struggle being obese. And it was like, I kind of felt like I was kind of in the middle. I didn't I didn't have a proper narrative to any of this stuff. But I will say this, coming back to my mom. So my mom has now lost a significant amount of weight. Um, her weight has always been on her because of things like trauma that is not her fault. And I think that's so important because so many times we assume that people are just unhealthy. We have no idea what they've gone through. And 
I don't remember my mom for how her thighs jiggled when, when I was a kid. That's not my memories of her. My memories is who she was for me. And I look at her now and I say, you know, you're still just mom. Like you're the same woman you've always been. And I have to remind myself of that because how I show up for my kids, like they're not, nobody's worrying about who I am and how I look that's the least interesting part of me. Right. So, and I try and remind my kids of the same thing, but yeah, like I, I grew up in a home with some pretty serious, like eating disorders for sure. And disordered eating and trauma and a lot of healing that needed to happen. And yeah, I didn't really know where to go with that. There was nobody really, I don't think, and I don't even really think that I had like we didn't, we weren't poor. We didn't have a lot of like, um, we had really great food upbringing. Like there was a lot there, but definitely some emotional eating and definitely some obsessive baby behaviors around anorexic and bulimia as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, when I first found your account, actually, it was at a point where I'd had my daughter for a few years and it was super interesting because we had, uh, recently put up a podcast out about body insecurities. And I think for the first time ever out loud, I said that, um, I have had issues with my body and eating and I hadn't ever talked about it with anybody before. It was almost like, I had to put it out there because I felt like if I didn't actually say something and wasn't honest about it, it was almost like just this thing of my past that I just, you know, wouldn't ever talk about. But it was similar to what you were saying because um, I've always been like in just a smaller body naturally, but it was something that when I was maybe in my early 20s or something like that, I suddenly lost like a lot of weight. And it was just something that happened organically. Like, I don't know, maybe it was a burst of... Who knows? I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Just something. Um, but I started to get all this attention and yeah. everyone, everyone was telling me like, Oh my gosh, you look amazing. You look amazing. And I was like, Oh, did I not look good before? And just, I'd always felt pretty confident, but it just started to really mess with my head when all these like family members and friends were suddenly telling me like how great I looked. So I kind of started to go through this journey of thinking, Oh, okay. The more weight I lose, the more people around me are going to show me attention and love on me. And, you know, it got to this point where it was Mm -hmm. incredibly, incredibly unhealthy. And I got like so small. I was just like barely eating just kind of bite-sized pieces throughout the day. I mean, I was eating very much under a thousand calories a day and oh yeah I wasn't getting any nutrients at all um and my health was suffering because of it but I noticed all of a sudden then when I'd gain a couple pounds if I'd go to that family dinner no one would say that I looked skinny and then I was like mm. I, I don't look good anymore I don't look good anymore you know so yeah when you talk about being places and not showing up because of yourself um yeah. it was in a moment actually where I found your post because um I actually talked about this on the podcast but I went out of town with my husband and we had to leave the hotel because I walked down to the pool and I saw all these like quote unquote thin bodied women in bikinis and I didn't want to be in mine. And I ended up losing this opportunity with my husband um, to have a great Mm -hmm. time away because I was so self-conscious of my body. Mm -hmm. And then when I saw uh, one of your posts, I thought like, here's this beautiful human being and you, you were with your daughter, um, in bathing suits and I just started bawling and I was like how many times have I not gone to the beach with my kid and missed out on these opportunities because I was self-conscious of my body and I was actually going through Facebook through photos remembering times like 
being on my honeymoon um, in Rome and like crying in the bathroom, not wanting to go out with my new husband because I was so worried about the way that my body looked. And I missed out on all these opportunities in my life that I look back and think like, oh my God, these would have been so beautiful and joyful. But because I was so fixated and worrying about what Mm -hmm. my body looked like and the way that I looked, um, I I missed out on them. And I saw you in this photo wearing a bikini um, next to your daughter and it just like, bam, inspired me. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. And the next week I went to the beach with my daughter and I had the best time. And did I feel fully comfortable? No, no. And that's okay. It took about 30 minutes. And, um, then all of a sudden, you know, we were having this great time and I was like, oh my gosh, this is what matters. Like, no, I'm not fully comfortable right in the moment, but I was able to forget about it when I started to have this great time with her and, that, and that's it, it was amazing. I think why I speak so passionately and why I started to choke up when you're talking because I missed out. I missed out on a lot. I missed out on like even with my husband now uh, as I'm remarried, it was the first year I didn't even let him touch me. I didn't let him touch my stomach. I didn't, I didn't feel worthy of that affection because I thought my stomach is just gross postpartum. They're not his kids. It's not his thing to, to have. And, um, the memories with my kids that I missed out on because, and, and the ones I even showed up with, but I still missed out on them because all I could think about was my body. All I could think about was who's looking at me. How are my roles looking? Do I have cellulite showing? And I mean, this was the same thing that I was saying to myself, no matter what size I was at, it was the same thing happening all the time. So yeah, we're not always comfortable, but you know, if you need to cover up or if you need to like have that moment of empowerment where you just show up how you desire to, it's just important that we do that. And we really like put our bodies on the back burner of that. It truly is the least interesting part of us. And when we talk about like our, our attraction to people and stuff like that, you know, like, yes, there's like surface stuff. And I think we're in this day and age where it's all about what you look like on the surface. You know, that's how dating apps work. That's how all of these things work. But when I think about everybody in my life, their body is not even close to being on the list of like why I like them. I, I don't, I, even my husband, like I was saying today, I think that the thing I'm most attracted to in him is his ability to be in a room and find the quiet person in a corner and go and talk to them or the way that he can make me laugh when I'm in the middle of sobbing, like his, the things that I love about him, it's not, his body is not one of the first five things. They're just not. And I'm so attracted to him, like, but it's not about that. And I have to remind myself of that for me too. It's like, yes, my body is here as a representation of me. I love dressing creatively. I love wearing makeup and doing my hair sometimes. Like I do those things too, but it's not because I think I need to do that in order to be liked anymore. It's just something that I like to do for me and having to really channel the way that we have those. But yeah, like coming back to the memory thing, like I'm just so tired of missing out on life and having memories that all I remember was how I felt about my body that day. Like, no, I'm just done with that. I'm too tired for that anyways. Yeah. And, and what you just brought up, I really liked, you said, um, you know, whether you are covering up or, you know, whether you're having your moment of empowerment and, and you just talked about how you're doing it for you, the different things that you do with regards to your body. So funny. I always get questions and I know it has absolutely nothing to do with weight issues and all of that, but I always talk about body hair and Mm -hmm. people always say like, 
oh, they try to, it's so funny how people try to trap you. Oh, about like female empowerment. Oh, but you get your eyebrows done. Oh, but you get your lashes done. Oh, but you, do you get, (laughs) oh, but do you get lip filler? So like, how can you be about like your natural self if you do all those things? And I mean, it, it doesn't even really matter if it did have to do with this, but those things are not because I have a crippling insecurity. No. And, and even if it was, I mean, it's kind of irrelevant, but I don't have a crippling insecurity about having short eyelashes, you no. know, or about any, I don't care. It's just like for fun. Now, for me, a part of myself that I hated, hated for years, you know, would pray to God that I would just have all the hair removed from me from my neck down that I was teased for, bullied for, that my own family would call me names about was my body hair. And that's why for me, not doing something about it and allowing myself to feel comfortable with it is so empowering. Mm -hmm. It's not about like just going all natural and this is the way I am, although it is part of how I feel. Yeah. You know, it it doesn't have anything to do with me getting my nails done. But could you imagine if you applied how you're doing with your body hair now and applied it to everybody else we're like well no you're wrong for not growing your body hair the fact is like one of the best things that we can do for ourselves and on our own self-love journey is having that authority over our bodies to make choices like that to make choices about the things that we just want to do if we go down this road of shaking shame sticks at other women because they chose differently for their body or their face it, it's not a good, it's not a good road to go down. And I talk about this, like I don't, I'm not out there promoting plastic surgery or cosmetic enhancements, but I'm also like, it's not my body to have an opinion about. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like I'm perpetuating anything either, either way, because there's actually a lot of women who have gone down that road and they know that that wasn't probably the right decision for them, but they already made it. And the last thing they need right now is somebody telling them how wrong they were. You also make a really interesting point about commenting on other people. Cause I see it all the time on uh, Instagrams, like Tess holidays, for example, or other women who are noticeably, I mean, I don't even know how to say any other way, but they are big. They're mm-hmm. much bigger mm-hmm. than, I mean, you know, I know you each have insecurities, but I'm not going to look at either of you and call you fat women. No, you know, no. I'm not. And I always see on um, models like that, people saying, well, this just isn't healthy. Mm-hmm. And uh, can you talk a little bit about that, about people commenting on other people's health and their oh, and their sure. weight number? And well, like I said, growing up with a mom who was really obese, it I, I knew as I grew older that it was rooted in trauma. So I it wasn't something that she could just heal from overnight, nor should she have to. And now I, so one thing I really encourage a lot of people to do is follow a lot of the plus size community and the fat positive community. There are so many stories and we don't even need their reasons why they look the way they do. If you can walk around as a thin person and not have to explain yourself all the time as to why you're thin, why are we doing that to women who in plus size bodies? Why are we creating shopping experiences for women that cause them to go have to shop in the back corner of the store, not with the rest of us? There's so many things going on but we're in the middle we're in the middle of history change right now I was in American Eagle last week and they have up to size 22 in their store not just online in their store they have really really we're we're in the middle of history so I think it's really important especially if you are somebody in a thin body and you have that privilege of walking into any store and buying the size that you like regardless of if you struggle with insecurities there are some privileges that come with certain size pay attention to the other communities that have less privilege follow 
follow them, like pay attention to their stories. We, it is so remarkable to see, I, I follow this one called your fat friend and it's like, why are fat friend? And she is, she's private because a lot of these women actually get harassed. They get stalked. They get, I mean, it's the classic oppression of a woman's body. There are men that are shaking, terrified that women might actually take back their female form and it might actually look different than this one mold that they put us in for a really long time. So in the feminist movement part of it, yeah, it's kind of exciting to kind of hear some of the pushback and see people be more fat positive and own their bodies. And realistically, like whether you think it's healthy or not, it's just you don't live their life and you don't know their body. And the and especially with kids, this is a huge thing too. They've proven, when we come back to like this, this talk about like a diet app for kids, they've proven that you can't talk about like talking about weight around them will actually mess them up forever. Yeah. I think we need to apply the same thing to us as adults. It has become far too common for us to use words like fat and skinny in normal conversation every day. I'm not going to call you out and say that you're wrong if you do it in a conversation, but I do think that it's really nice if we can start paying attention to why those words potentially are so damaging, why workplaces should maybe stop doing some of these like uh, weight loss challenges. Yeah, yeah, these bets and these things that are, they're not rooted in any type of facts. They're rooted only in like, can you get smaller? Mm-hmm. They don't pay attention to anything more than that. So, yeah, yeah, like you said, especially with the kid, like the kid aspect, your child isn't going to know about it unless you're speaking about it. Um, I think about when I was growing up, I always say, God bless my mother, because we've had these discussions now and she's aware of now the terminologies that she used. Um, But when uh, I was younger, my mom really yo-yoed a lot with her weight. Um, And when she was on the thinner Mm -hmm. side, she'd be like super proud about it and talk about it a lot. Um, And also coming from this like very, very conservative evangelical community, there was so much fixation on as a woman, you're going to need to be for your husband, this like object of his sexual Mm -hmm. desire like you wait until marriage and then after marriage you're going to need um Mm -hmm. to like look a certain way to please your husband so there was this pressure always in my house that was like okay my job is I I gotta be a wife and when I'm a wife I'm gonna need to make sure that I look smoking hot for my husband Mm -hmm. and smoking hot looks like this Orange County version and there was always this convo about the body happening and it just like permeated my brain and it was just something that even when I didn't realize when I was younger it just became part of like the way that I look at certain people and I don't think I was ever wired to be really physically judgy but I would even like look at my friends thinking about it that way and like looking at them and comparing and god now it's like I think about my daughter and I'm like oh my gosh just now just always trying to catch myself to not use these phrases that are just part of culture but trying to redirect which is I think why it's so important to have so much grace for our mothers because that's all they were taught and what culture taught them to we're just in a day and age now where we are challenging the conversation Our, our mothers didn't really have that opportunity they had slim fast that was their opportunity yeah um, I even had a conversation with one of my family members because she would say things, um, you know, like 
oh my God, I got to like lose these last few pants. And I was like, you can't say that. Like, I know Ruth can't really understand shit right now. She's six Mm -hmm. months old, but you can't say that like when she's growing up. And it's something that I just started realizing because my sister brought it to light to me because my sister recently, um, gained weight from antidepressants. And again, you don't need a reason why you've gained weight. It happens, um, for so many different reasons. And sometimes it's just getting older, having children. It's not, not really controllable, but, um, she talked to me about fat phobia for the first time, like just even in the past year Mm -hmm. and really brought to light how fat phobic my own family has been in the way that so much of our culture is. And she suggested what you suggested, actually specifically that account as well as many others. And, um, she just talked about how the more you expose yourself to something you're uncomfortable with, the more comfortable you become with it. And actually somebody just commented this on my page and I just posted something about my legs, but I feel like you can fill in the blank with whatever, where, whatever it is. She said, aesthetically, it bothers me women with hairy bodies, but she could have said women with fat bodies, really mm-hmm. anything. She said, so I've been working really hard lately to ask myself why certain things like this bother me. And I asked myself what purpose that agitation serves. And the conclusion I've come to is that when I see another person making a choice as small as not shaving or as big as a religious ideology I don't ascribe to that I myself wouldn't make, I feel a sense of being bothered and I want to work on not being bothered because I need to understand that that choice has or belief has nothing to do with me. And I want to be someone who supports people expressing themselves, whether or not I agree, as long as it does no harm to others. And I just felt like they, that is so so well-spoken, right? And I just, it really struck me. I was like, we can apply this to so many things. And I love that she broadened it to like religious ideologies and things like that. It felt like it was really powerful and it's encouraging to read that kind of I think it's important to to get uncomfortable. I was really uncomfortable. I remember uh, a while back, somebody kind of called me out on my white privilege and thin privilege. And I was like, (gasps) I guess I'm trying. (laughs) Oh no, like these are words I don't want to hear. And it it really pushed me into a new space, which is why I talk about following people that we look nothing like that are totally different stories. And, you know, following disabled bodies. Now I'm like very aware of like whether businesses and events have ramps like or different things like that um following women of color and finding out what their issues are right now I was not engaged in those communities therefore everything I was speaking to was just people who look like me and just people who had similar experiences to me so I you kind of close yourself off to it but I love that she kind of spoke on you know that idea of getting uncomfortable with this idea because I was talking to Paul Fishman today I don't know if you guys know him but he um talks about masturbation which is like I was like what the heck is masturbation and he was saying that it's basically <laughs> you were saying masturbation in a know. funny <laughs> no but it's this idea of because I believe it you must too and I'm oh. going to throw my must onto you he was he was saying how he like checked himself with it but just because somebody else wasn't following the rules of something he then started pushing on them like you you're not following the rules you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing because in his ideology it was that you follow the rules you do these things so I was so fascinated by that and I was like oh that's so interesting. It's like, you know, I've strived so hard to not be a judgmental person because I used to be the most judgmental person. And now coming through that and realizing how much happiness your heart kind of gets when you stop judging people for the way they are. It's not that we don't notice it. And I think that that's kind of important too. It's like, I still have fat phobic thoughts. Like I still have them. I still, yeah, I would be uncomfortable with body hair, but I'm, 
I'm pushing myself. You have to push yourself through them. Like you're doing it because you're pushing yourself through something right. and it's going to, ch- it's going to change the way people see it because maybe in five, 10 years from now, that's very normal again. Yeah. And it doesn't feel so weird and offside. I felt that way with my stretch marks. I'd never seen them on other women. So sharing them was like my own self healing mm-hmm. of kind of pushing through it. And then pushing through it, found out that, you know what, about half of all moms have the exact same ones as me. Not everybody has the cute little ones on their hips. Some of them have like the big, beautiful ones that run all the way up their midsection. And there's so many of us and we've been hiding and we've been ashamed and we don't need to be that way anymore. So we're in such a day and age to be able to um, share our stories and be very aware of other people's stories and use that and get uncomfortable and in the fact that we've been, we're now challenging the way that we've thought and we're, we're, we're changing the fabric of society. Well, it's like even just on a, ba- a base level, a base level over all the topics that we're talking about. And like the one person be in your comments, bringing up the, uh, the religious aspects for me, it's just been like learning to extend my fucking friend group. <laughs> like mm. I need to get outside of just being friends with people who are exactly like me in the same the circle situation. jerk of ideology. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I, it makes sense. I've been like, you know, it's really like guilty yeah. of this a lot yeah. of my life um, because I guess it's comfortable and it's like, Oh, I can relate to someone a certain way, whatever. But um, we, we always like to quote the goddess Brene Brown. <laughs> it's oh hard. God, love her. It's hard to hate someone up close. So it's like when you're feeling, I, I've been lately uh, with my daughter, I have my own particular set of religious beliefs, but on the weekends, you've been going to a different temple or sanctuary or what have you um, every weekend. And we've just been like sitting and participating and listening. So I can just kind of like, I don't know, there's, there's people of all different colors and bodies and backgrounds. And I'm like, oh my God, I know nothing. (laughs) I know nothing. And I, I don't know. I just want to continue to try and extend Mm -hmm. myself into knowing more nothing and realizing there are so many things that I've yet to learn. Like, I guess not thinking for so many years that I, I did have fat phobia that I I did have internalized misogyny. All these things I would say before, like, no, no, I don't have it all. I'm yeah. a good person. I don't feel that way. Like, I don't have prejudices. But when you start to get up close, you go, whoa, I have so much to learn in so many ways that yeah. I can grow, you know? And I think it is it is so important to challenge these ideas we hold because it changes the way we ascribe value to people. And that truthfully, that's the way we go about the world. Usually when we interact with people, we don't know we're constantly ascribing value. You know, this Mm -hmm. person is more Mm -hmm. valuable than this Mm -hmm. person because they look this way. And we might not think we do that, but sometimes you look at a, like you said, a circle of people's friends, you know, you see that girl that has just all hot friend girls and like, maybe it's just coincidence or maybe you're ascribing value to the people you interact with. And it's like valuable for you to be around people that you think are more conventionally attractive than others but when we start challenging that view I think that that automatic sorting that we used to do kind of gets like broken down slowly so that we don't interact with people yeah on this like we're in a day and age where everything that we say first 
seems to be like the labels that we've had on us. Like, what do you do for a living? What is this? Like, we see what each other look like, but then it's like, are you a wife? Are you a mother? Are you married? Like, are you all these things? And, and now we're seeing a lot of like, how many followers do you have on Instagram? And <laughs> this is like, it's, it's been a weird thing. To, I'm really proud of the community that I have and that I've built. I'm so proud of that. But there's part of me that knows when I'm in some of these like event scenes, there are people who literally won't talk to me. And then afterwards find out what my follower count was and suddenly are in my DMs being so, so kind. So I find it's like we've we've created wow. new values on things that are so interesting. And what if we just treated each other like human beings, not just like for how they might impress us or what values they might always bring. Like, yes, I do believe that the people, the circle that you have in your life should be something that's adding value to your life, not taking away from it. But where are we putting that value? Mm -hmm. Are we putting that value on like networking and connections? Are we putting that value in like how it makes us feel validated? Are we putting that value in things that really matter, like how they provoke our thoughts or how they make us feel or the fact that when we're with them and we leave, something just feels really good inside yeah. or very like cathartic conversations. Like those are the people that you should, those are the values that we should have. People who and build we can't, you up. Yeah. That's not, that's not in our job descriptions. It's not on our resume and it's not on our Instagram accounts. Let's pause for a moment. So here we are talking about judgment towards bodies um, just because of the way that they look on the outside. But what truly matters is on the inside and your insides that they're getting the nutrients they need to stay healthy and live long, beautiful lives. Um, well, we want to talk to you all about Your Super, a company that was started by a husband and wife um, who are professional tennis players. On the outside, appeared to have healthy bodies. They had active bodies. But on the inside, um, Michael, the husband, was battling cancer. Uh, well, his wife, Crystal, started making superfood mixes to help him rebuild his immune system. And when they saw the impact that superfood mixes had in improving Michael's health, they knew they needed to share it with the world. And that is how Your Super began. Your Super is on a mission to improve people's health with the power of super plants. They make it easy for you to get the nutrients your body needs to thrive. And Your Super's functional superfood and plant protein mixes are made from naturally dried, organic whole foods and superfoods and nothing else. And with Your Super's 100% transparent supply chain, you know you're getting the cleanest superfood mixes on the market. I love the power matcha. You know how I like matcha. Mm -hmm. And there are no caffeine crashes or jitters, but it keeps me alert all day. I love the super green mix because as I've said before, I struggle with healthy eating and I know um, diabetes and heart issues and cancer run in my family and I need to make sure that my body gets what it needs to stay healthy and fight. And the uh, super green mix helps me get all those greens and superfoods. I may have a tough time eating on my own regularly and I'm really grateful for it. Get the cleanest superfood and plant protein mixes at YourSuper.com. That's Y-O-U-R Super.com. Get 15% off your order when you use code CHATTY at checkout. Just go to YourSuper.com and don't forget to get 15% off with promo code CHATTY at checkout. Okay. So we are actually recording this in Becca's home today, and I'm staring at your gorgeous green velvet couch. And girl, you know I know where that butte is from. It's from Article. Yes, Article. It's the easiest way to make your space look beautiful. And let's be real, furniture shopping can kind of suck. You've got over-eager salespeople, poor quality pieces, interminable shipping periods, the works. 
and the worst. And as Jess and I have said, we have both purchased pieces that are out of a price point and, or that we didn't want that badly because a salesperson was chasing <laughs> us down in the store and we can't say no. I can't say no. This is the reason why Article decided to change the way people shop for furniture because instead of schlepping to a warehouse to shop for particle board, Article's online catalog features high quality pieces that you can browse through in the comfort of your own home. In fact, I just have to say real quick, I got a dresser off of an online store and it did end up being all particle board, even though the price point was so high. Girl, but Article is so high quality. Girl, same, 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 same. I, I was so shocked by the quality of Article furniture. Um, well, Becca, just got, you're saying you got your brand new place and uh, we're redoing the back room uh, currently in our house. So you better believe it's all coming from Article. Their stuff is the cutest. So, so many options. Got my eye on a blush couch, speaking of. Yes, I love that color. I want it too. I've really been thinking about it. And they have some great poofs to match, and their prices are so fair. You save up to 30% over traditional prices because they keep their prices low by cutting out the middleman and selling directly to you. Fast, flat rate shipping is available across the USA and Canada, starting at just $49 with free basic shipping on orders over $999 and high. If you've ever ordered furniture, you know how stinking expensive shipping can be. So, this is a true blessing and all in stock items are delivered in just two weeks or less another blessing article is offering our listeners $50 off their first purchase of $100 or more to claim visit article.com slash chatty and the discount discount will be automatically applied at checkout that's article.com slash chatty to get $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more yeah how did you first start I mean you talked about undoing Mm -hmm. all of this thought process obsessive behavior did you see a professional did you how did you start breaking this down where did you get to when did you get to the point where you knew you had to was was there like a breaking point and how did you even begin because I'm sure there's so many people listening who are like yeah I have all these thoughts about my body what the fuck do I do from here yeah and and honestly I should have probably sought some like really good professionals it probably would have like sped the process up a little bit more but um no I didn't I had had a therapist I I had been through so much therapy uh, before my divorce and um discovering that I had PTSD which caused me to have a lot of like suppressed memories and suppressed thoughts Mm. so coming through that I I ended up learning to be very hyper aware and mindful of like what my feelings were um which is truly transcended into the creator that I am now. But during that time, like I think that was just starting to dabble in that. And I was really starting to notice how bad certain things were making me feel and how good other things are making me feel. So I, I really, and it really did come at the time that I needed to gain weight. And I think that that was the most uncomfortable thing to have to go through and like redefining my worth. But I, I can't say enough that it was truly the online community and the women who we're just confident and owning their bodies and making like, I don't, I don't even know how to even think for what they did. Like they just did so much for me by showing up and sharing things that I just wasn't allowing to be part of my dialogue. I actually have a friend, Kenzie Brenna, who, when I first found her on Instagram, she was like, all out there and she was sharing her story about how she'd gone through a weight loss and then found out that it doesn't make you happy. And then like decided to like lean into her true health and like what that looked like. And 
when I was going through my weight loss, I was like, I absolutely will not listen to you. Like she kept coming up in my Explore feed and I was like, nope, 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 nope. <gasps> Don't adhere to that. Cannot hear that message. Will not hear that message. Oh, I've been there. And then the moment I was like sitting and like, I got to gain weight and this is so uncomfortable and I'm feeling like so down. How am I hundred pounds down on the cover of magazines? And I'm like not feeling it. And I went back and I started following people like her. And I've told her this story. I'm like, I don't, I don't know that I can ever repay you for the warm blanket that you were and the safety that you brought me in my body during a season where I felt so broken and so alone. And at that time, I hadn't even like shared my stretch marks yet. I was still just like, as long as I looked skinny, I could hide all the secrets of what was underneath. And she was just out there being a human and I found her so beautiful. And because I started to see her beauty and listen to her in her educated way, words about health I was able to start seeing like if I can see that in her what if I could see that in me too and it really started to change that internal dialogue so I can't say enough it it Mm. has 100% been because of really great women who have been before me and have started these conversations that have sparked my own yeah wow and I can't imagine what you existing in your body must do for your daughters too. Well, and this is so interesting. I was going to, I was thinking about this earlier, but a lot of these conversations came up with the whole Kerbo app thing, this, this diet app for kids. And I looked what at is my, it it's Kerbo. It's like by Weight Watchers. They came out with a diet app for kids. It was a big deal like two weeks ago on Instagram. Um, it's it's unfortunate because they've proven the numbers are staggering in terms of like when eating disorders start, they do start usually in childhood. The death rates, uh, especially for anorexia are up like up to 20% die. It is not, it is. And a lot of them by suicide. So they don't really always get identified as being from like people just assume somebody just starved to death. Sure, it's actually sure. like a, a subcategory of what their suffering was, but it, they start as children. And, and so they've the medical professionals like the school of pediatrics have all said like don't discuss weight with your children no. so coming out with an app and discussing weight with your children like seems like a really bad idea today like yeah and they color-coded what the foods were so like certain foods were red foods and you had to eat more like yellow and green foods so like red foods were things like an avocado because it, it's it's calorie counting they had all of these things like it was just it, anyways beyond that i looked at my two daughters and one of them is tall and slender and they're both going through puberty which is like super fun right now but (laughs) one of them is tall and slender and one of them is a little bit more built I'm not going to like define her body she's definitely more built she's a little bit stockier and the one who is tall and skinny nobody ever says anything about how she looks or says any makes a comment about it on my Instagram like or anything that kid eats like buns with ketchup on it and like bags of Miss Vicky's chips like I literally like she will go to the corner store and I'm like you need to like eat some vegetables <laughs> you I, are not being healthy you're not being healthy <laughs> I took her to the doctor once and I was like we we're going for a checkup and I do certain things like when they're weighing the kids I even ask like I just say like we don't we have a no scale home could they face yeah. away from the scale really important to know that you can ask for that I I asked for them to the face away from the scale. So she f- did all that. And, and I'm looking at the doctor and I'm explaining to her, like, she doesn't really, she really eats a lot of like, just nothing foods, not a lot of proteins, not a lot of veggies, but like wondering if you can like speak into that. And she's like, oh, well, she's looking great on all the charts. And I'm like, you're literally not looking at me right now. when I'm saying to you that I need you to like say something about her eating buns with ketchup. <laughs> Help. Just because she's thin and like measuring. Okay. Yes. Doesn't mean that she's healthy. So, um, but then my other daughter, who is more curvaceous in body type, 
she is ridiculously active. She eats way more of the food like rainbow that exists. She's so, um, she's just so amazing. And there's so much about her that shouldn't be defined by like how her body is. But she was in, when she started getting into puberty, that's when kind of she started to gain some weight. And immediately at school, the kids started calling her fat. And I was like, it, the thing is, like, it just sucks you right back to that age. I, I sobbed with her because I was like, I remember being called fat and great in the seventh grade. It messes you up forever. The thing is, those kids at school, let's have some grace for them. They didn't learn that. No. They didn't le- like they they taught they were taught that at home. That's not like who they are. It's this diet culture ha- is like a vulture. And we had such a protected home in terms of not talking about those things. And yet it still entered our home through my daughter and through the words that she was called at school but I think it's really really important to like remind everyone like I have two daughters I have a, I have a complete comparison of two different body types and nobody's saying anything about the one who literally might eat chips for dinner mm-hmm. and the other one who's like eating a full plate of like nutritious food and you know oh but she's like I I have this post on Facebook all about just like teaching your daughters how to love love your love your body so you can teach your daughters to love theirs and it I, this is why I hate Facebook. It, my fa- Instagram automates to Facebook and I can't turn off the comments and now it's gone viral. And the amount of people who are rising up and saying, but you're promoting obesity for your child oh, yeah. and your child is yeah. like, and I was like, my child's going through puberty. She's going through changes. Like we all have, we've all been there. We've all had those changes. Like she's allowed to change. She's allowed to adapt. But like, this was a post about me loving myself to benefit my children. And it literally got thrown around that my child wasn't happy because they made that judgment and they put that on her. And so when we talk about the fight for ourselves, we're fighting for that next generation of kids coming up to like this is this is a we've we've been fighting our whole lives we all know it we've all had that same kind of battle how can we make it better for the kids and it yeah it's something I have to remind myself of often and so many people are just so uncomfortable with seeing a woman living freely and Mm -hmm. existing happily in her body and it makes people really uncomfortable and it makes some people angry inside like the core of their being and I'm sure you experience that Mm -hmm. and it's just it always blows my mind about how people's you see violent reactions sometimes towards mm-hmm. women that are just yep. trying to love themselves. Yep. And it's a reminder that this is not I, mean, I don't know. Is there's just so much internalized shit that so many people have to deal with and yeah. sometimes like I always have to remind myself like take this shit with a grain of salt. Like these mm-hmm. are like incredibly hurt people yep. that are like you said projecting onto other people 100%. and like throwing their pain back around and trying to hit sure. other people with I their I think it's important to kind of have shit. that grace aspect but take those comments and let them make you mad. Like get mad mm-hmm. get mad about that that fact that we're talking about a child's body and objectifying it to say it's not society standard. And at the same time, I will never, like I used to always go by the hurt people, hurt people mentality. And now I'm like, hurt people, hurt people, but I won't be the punching bag. Like I'm, I won't allow I'm myself done. To, yeah. I'm not going to do it. So kind of stepping away from a lot of, but like allowing like the, the negative things that get said to kind of fuel the conversation again and understand that the work is not over. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like bless them and block them and be done because like, I'm not your punching <laughs> bag today. And also just thinking about how you existing in that power is so 
is really something that's so special to witness. And I was thinking the other day, I was very, I was very lucky to, for the most part, see my own mom existing very happily in her mm-hmm. body. She would always be like naked walking around her I room and that. bathroom. Um, you know, and me and my sister always saw that. And I didn't think twice about it. I sort mm-hmm. of assumed everyone else's upbringing was that way. And I thought about it a couple weeks ago and I was like wow I never had any insecurity about like my small I had smaller breasts when I was younger like about my small breasts because my mom had tiny tits and she was just walking around like fully happy I never thought anything about like having a saggy butt Mm -hmm. or like bigger Mm -mm. thighs or saggy belly or about any of that because like I saw my mom just like she didn't she just didn't care I saw the way that she sat around I saw the way that she walked with confidence and Mm -hmm. so I never really thought twice about my own body until other people started saying things. But even then, even when people do say things, you still have that rooted like, yeah. oh, but I still can feel good and confident in myself because oh, I'm allowed yeah. to. And seeing yeah. like a woman feel like they're allowed to feel comfortable in their body is so And more importantly, so important. that we stopped asking permission to uh-huh. feel okay in our body. And I think that's always good to remind ourselves of is like, you, you have permission to be here because you stopped asking. Like you have permission to feel good in your body because nobody needs to give that to you anymore. And, and I think it is important, like in terms of like showing up for your kids and stuff, sometimes like, especially when it comes to like my stretch marks, cause that was probably my biggest hurdle. Um, I would purposely do things like wear crop tops or like only be in my bra around my kids because I needed it to be normalized for them. I understand, especially for boys that they are going to grow up in porn culture and they're going to see an ideal and we need to help them see. Otherwise I don't, I don't show my body on the internet or show my stomach to people for me, it's not a benefit of me. I could care less. Like I'm probably more comfortable not being cold. Um, but I do it because I know that it needs to be seen. I do it because I know that it's going to change what people see as normal. And like, you know, there's that hashtag now, like normalize normal bodies. Like these are normal bodies, like thin, thick, fat bodies. They are normal for a lot of people. And like, we need to stop kind of like creating a dialogue that says anything otherwise. And especially because what, like you were saying about, you know, going onto a medication and gaining weight through that, it matters more that you're on this earth and you are able to work through depression on a medication and be happy and show up than it does if you were like 40 pounds less. Like, sorry, that's just like, let's get down to like the root stuff here. And like, we care more that you exist on this earth. (laughs) You don't need to be like, we we would rather people be here than be losing themselves by not being on medication in fear of gaining weight. Well, when I was actually first prescribed um, initially anxiety medication and then um, after that specifically the bipolar medication, which can like really fuck up the system um, big time. But I remember being devastated when I went back to my family. And it's like, again, like you were saying, um, you know, you have to have grace because this is how they were raised and you have to be patient um, with them. And now I can actually explain to my family and have them understand my truth. And I've been able to look at my mom and say, um, I love you, but when you say this or when you said Mm -hmm. this, you were taking away my power and I need to love myself and my body. Um, but initially with the medication, I remember going back to my, to my family and being like, the doctor prescribed me this medication. And the first question always was, does it make you gain weight? 
And yeah. the thing is, it was like, I'm losing my yeah. actual mind over here and I need to go on medication. But now it's become this thing where I would pop my bipolar meds and immediately hop on the scale and be like, uh, I don't know, is it, is it, is it making me gain weight? And I'd be freaking out about it instead of like asking important questions or being like, oh wait, like now you're able to have a normal conversation. And, and I think it's really important, job. especially for those going through postpartum, postpartum depression is so, so huge. And not a lot of them are able to like seek help. And and if you imagine, like, I know what he was doing. I was even on Pinterest, like, looking up baby ideas for, like, my sister's kid. And all these, like, weight loss postpartum ads came up. And I thought, you know what? Like, there are women who are literally just trying to get through this stage. Their body has changed so much. And I love certain people like Lauren Conrad who said, like, you know what? I'm done trying to fit into my old jeans. Like, I'm just buying new jeans. Like, I'm not... We're not here to bounce back to anything. We're here to bounce forward. And more importantly than that, like, even when we're scared about weight gain and things like that, or we yearn for what we looked like before, like maybe you're in a happier place on medication and you're looking back at pictures and like, was I, was I happier then? But the question is for a lot of like, especially moms after you've had a child or, or even if you've gained weight, looking back at those pictures and really thinking, was I happy then? The answer is almost always, no, I was pretty insecure. Like I was pretty insecure then too. So why do we create this idea that if we just lose that weight, then happiness comes back because we know we already experienced it. It didn't work then. So yeah, like going through something where you're going on a medication or you're coming through postpartum, it's more important that you have an internal rest than living with unrest in a skinnier body. Oh my God. No, it's so crazy because like sometimes I won't, you know, follow certain people, like I said on Instagram, because I don't want to compare myself Mm -hmm. or get insecure, but sometimes I'm the most insecure going through my own pictures. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like insecure with myself looking at all my old photos. It's like what you're saying hits so home. Like, um, a few months ago I was having a really hard day and just feeling so insecure in my body. Um, it was one of those low ones and I just like pulled out my, my, uh, phone and started going through all these photos and showed my husband and like crying. And I was just like, I just want to look like this again. I just want to look like this again. And I was saying like, I, I felt so pretty when I looked like this. Um, and I showed him, showed him the picture and, and he was just like, Jess, like, do you even remember that day? Like you are miserable. You wouldn't even leave our hotel room. Like you didn't feel beautiful you felt Mm. horrible Mm. and he was just like look at you now like you have a light now like you're beautiful now you enjoy Mm -hmm. life Mm -hmm. now remember Jess like truly remember and um and all of a sudden I was like oh my god you're so right and like fuck that and I just (laughs) deleted all my old photos like didn't include important memories I had a similar thing with my husband where I've a photo came up in a memory and it was me at my thinnest and I said oh my gosh look at this I didn't say anything else I said just oh my gosh look at this and he put his hand on my leg and he says isn't it so nice how much happier you are now and I was like it just pulled me right back because even in moments like that you kind of have this like how do you feel about it how do I feel about it like I've changed um that permission to change is so important. I, we're, we're not put on this earth to just stay one size and to never change. We're going to change. Like change is happening. We're going to evolve and we're going to grow. And, you know, sometimes we might shrink, sometimes we might grow. That's so a part of it. But yeah, truly rooting yourself in like 
I'm so much happier now. And even if you're not happy right now, understanding that going backwards is not the direction of any type of answer. You have to go forward. And how can we go forward if we're starting at self-hate? Like the true journey has to start in a place of like neutralizing the hate and starting to get better at like self-acceptance before we're ever going to like ourselves or choose to love ourselves. Yeah, and sometimes it's about challenging. I mean, for me, my experience has kind of been when my body has changed back to when I, what I want it to be, I am happier, Mm. you know? So it's like, sometimes I'll look back on photos and I'm like, I know that I was more confident when I wasn't breaking out, when my hair looked like this, when my body looked like this, like I remember feeling better, but then I have to think like, so then what's in me right now that's making me scared to change? Like Mm. I'm scared of gaining weight. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think I will, mm-hmm. but if I did, like that frightens me, you yeah. know, I'm and, th- like, and that's, that's a real feeling for a lot of people. Yeah. Like, yeah. and I, I used to joke around, I used to joke around, say this like six months ago and it's painful for me to admit it, but I'd say like, if I get, f- I, God, I don't even want to say it. If I get fat, like just literally someone take the reins for me and like lock me in my house and like only feed me this or that so that yeah. I can lose it. Yeah. Yeah. And I would like joke around about that, but I was serious. Like, yeah, please take over for me and do not let that happen to me. And like, when I think about that, I'm like, oh my God, what kind of internalized but like fear do I have? I, I, you know, I've had to admit things that I've been wrong about too, or not even like, I don't even want to call it wrong, but journey through, um, it's so okay to journey through that. I think that we always have to kind of like, as much as that's kind of like hard to admit something that you maybe feel shame about. I think it's really cool when you do that because it shows people that we can change. Like just because somebody has an opinion right now, doesn't mean it's their opinion forever. So look at how much the last six months and like your dialogue has changed towards it. And all it's going to do is gift you and your daughter and your family, this, like this, this freedom from that fear of like, like, why is it so, why is fat so bad? Like, why is it so scary demonized? And especially even like, you know, when we talk about even, um, like girls who are really thin and they're still struggling with their body, but they're still struggling with this idea of like, there is fat on their body. I remember when I was losing weight and all I wanted to see was like my collarbone. I, I I'm writing a piece about it right now, but the mm-hmm. idea of seeing my bones was so attractive. I was like, I haven't seen my bones my whole life. I want to see my bones. That's terrifying. That's terrifying that that's something attractive to society to see bones and people compliment you'll see weight loss photos and people are like oh I got like oh my collarbones here like it's finally arrived and like we accentuate our bones like that's that's scary to me so but that used to be a goal like I was 100% a goal so I don't think there's any shame in like admitting um that you've had different thoughts before because I think that just shows growth and it just shows that we can like truly evolve and like people can change their minds which is so cool so cool I grew up in a very like conservative upbringing and like a lot of like my parents were amazing but a lot of like some of the community around me and um just like certain people really would speak into things like hate the sin and love the sinner. And I remember admitting that like relate to that. I remember just thinking like gay gayness was so wrong and then being an adult. And I was like, I actually don't believe that. (laughs) And like, now I have to admit that I used to think that it was wrong. And, And I remember when I admitted that people were either like, throwing Bible verses at me or angry that I had ever Ever felt felt another way. And I was like, I I get it. That's a really hard thing to admit, but I'm admitting it because I want people to know that you can change and you can choose love. Yeah. 
100%. We can definitely relate to that sentiment. I think a lot of people can. I know a lot of our listeners definitely like have, um, everyone is just going through a journey, you know, and uh, a lot of them happen to be similar, um, being raised in a conservative community. And it's like, okay, yeah. now I'm getting a little bit older. Um, Messages are being questioned now and and put out there because of social media. And it's like, what am I going to do with this? Am I going to throw the angry comments at people um or like you were saying with your friend you just wouldn't watch the stories and you were like nope not gonna watch them because i'm gonna run away from it or um am i gonna just hear it and process through it myself instead of just i just realized talking about that how much i even hated in my pregnancy which was only like six months ago how much i hated when people would say my face was getting rounder and I would Which be is like, so normal. Like yeah. it's actually so normal to do that. It's just like literally fluid. And I would just be like, oh my God, I can't wait until I have like a freaking jawline again. And people would be like, your face is feeling out. And I'd be like, stop. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. Like, don't say that. Yeah. How scary it, it, it yeah. Felt. It's so weird because like it, that's literally a time where your body's literally doing everything it's supposed to. Yeah. And, and yeah. I used to be so ashamed. Like the first time I ever saw like a picture of my stretch marks, like I was sobbing. I was so, so upset about it. And now It's so fascinating to me because I don't remember where I was going with this. Oh, yeah. Like just that idea of just feeling very like vulnerable, both those things. And now, no, seriously, I I completely lost the thought. (laughs) What were you? Okay. What did you say about that? Oh, oh, I know what it is. I know what it is. It's fine. Um, But I realized like they only came, like they were in existence because my body was actually doing a good job. Why was I hating on my body for something? My body was stretching and growing. I'm like, it's like a suitcase, you know, when you really overpack it and then you get that second zipper and you're like, God bless that second zipper. That's all my skin did. Like that's exactly (laughs) all it did. It gave me the second zipper because my, my kids were like close to 10 pounds. They needed that. They were nutritious big babies. Yeah. Uh, They called my son a parasite because I was actually losing weight during my pregnancy and he was like a giant baby okay that's Uh, terrifying it was a lot um yeah he and he still is he like literally eats me out of house and home but yeah like my job my body did a good job and I think that that's sometimes what we have to root ourselves in is when we're going through changes is is your body doing is it responding to care or is it responding to hate and and if it's responding to care and you gain weight that's fine if it's responding to care and it releases weight that's fine but when you're going through a pregnancy or a change like you have to let it do its thing like you have to let it do what it's designed to do and it wasn't designed to be an ornament for the world Mm -hmm. it was designed to like bring life and give you life being pregnant for me was actually a really amazing body image journey um I learned a lot and I was like, here you are, your miraculous body is like giving life to another life. And yet somehow, anytime you, uh, see someone, it was like, Oh, you're still so small. That's great for you. <laughs> oh or yeah. Like, people you can't even oh, tell you're all belly. That, that was the positive thing. It was like, it's positive if you're all belly. Um, you know, because it's completely in my control that I happen to swell up like crazy, like whatever. But it was always hearing, like, oh my gosh, you're so small. Good for you. You're still little. And, and I remember even hearing at like baby showers, um, other people talking about women who were having babies like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, but she got pretty big and like just this body fixation. And, and I just remember hearing all that. And um, there was this one time that I, I sat down with a girlfriend. Um, ugh, this is even hard for me to, to admit and talk about. Um, but I was sitting down alone with her and I made some comment like, oh yeah, I still, I still am not showing a ton. And I, some, I made some stupid comment like, oh yeah, thank God I'm not showing much yet. And my friend started tearing up and she was like, you know, one of my closest friends recently lost her baby oh. because her body wasn't able to hold the baby. 
And my friend was like, Jess, do you know how grateful she would be to be It's true. It's a privilege. It's a privilege. And it's also something that many women never, they, I, there's like one of those letterboard things that went viral and it said something about like for everything that you don't hate about your postpartum body, women have dreamt about, like Mm. there's other women who have yearned for that. And I, and it's really, it's really hard to put that really in perspective when you're just like going through it. And I think with like every single thing, like even women who struggle with infertility and finally get pregnant, guess what? They're probably still going to struggle with their body changing. That's just a part of like how it's weird existing it in our has, society and it ha- yeah existing in our society and your body just friggin changes so fast and does weird oh, ass yeah stuff. it's a it's a mind fuck like regardless like i didn't used to look like this and now i look like this and it's very weird and then it's gone and like your vagina feels like a jellyfish between your legs and your <laughs> stomach kind of hangs funny and you're like it's all like very like it's just soft. different there's a lot like and it's, the boobs are really hard it's and a like- thing you're just, like literally an overnight transformation and then you're just left with also caring for someone else while trying to relearn your body like let's give some like major props to the fact that like that shit is hard your to influx do influx of hormones i'm and- not kidding when i talk about like the things I do now, I'm nine years postpartum and I'm somehow an inspiration for the postpartum community. And I'm always telling women like, just so you know, nine <laughs> years and I'm finally okay. Like I'm out, like I'm, I'm out alive, but it really did take me a super, super long time. But one of the, one of the things that made me feel so good about sharing it was like, it's, it was like a, I, I always love that saying about once you tell a secret, it loses its power. And I felt like my stretch marks and my postpartum body was like this secret that I was holding on to. And the moment you kind of take it away from your chest and you allow others to see it, it lost its power. It was so part, it was so healing to see and, and understand that how normal it was, even if nobody had said back to me, oh, me too, owning the uniqueness of my own journey and the skin that I was in and how absolutely incredible it was to tell that secret and feel freedom from it. I do this thing sometimes, um, I call it release it Wednesday where I publicly like put a different insecurity out there. And initially when I first did it, the people who follow me, the response was like, Oh my gosh, thank you so much for doing this. And I'm like, um, no, thank you. Because I feel so much better having just said it out loud, even if it's to a people that I don't know just putting it out there is so helpful and empowering like um when people dm me I'll encourage other people to do it and I'll say it's not just because of necessarily being an inspiration and encouragement to other people like that's awesome but it's also so beneficial for you so far this has been such an amazing conversation um I'm so grateful for this but we do have to take one final pause to talk about uh, coupons Mm -hmm. so i'm assuming especially for you younger broads when you hear about coupons you think hey jess you old broad uh those are from our parents generation uh but not anymore there's no clipping no remembering them at home uh, or excuse me remembering them at home forgetting them at home um it's all super seamless digital and super easy with coupons.com coupons.com is a trusted brand of over 20 years helping shoppers save on everything from milk to mascara i mean everything really but with coupons.com you don't have to hand over a bunch of coupons when you check out you just tap the offers on the coupons.com app and they do the rest the savings are either automatically uh taken off when you put it in your put in your phone number or you get cash back in your paypal hey yeah we love cash back and new coupons are always being added yes a seamless way to save honestly it's the tiniest amount of effort for 
big savings. Uh, I just did a store run a few days ago when I was on that period, honey, and using coupons.com practically cut my bill in half. Um, I saved on my ice cream, my peanut butter, my chocolate bars, my cheese puffs, my antacid for the mess after, okay? Seriously, coupons.com saves you a lot of money on a regular basis, and it's so easy. Make sure to download the coupons.com app on your iPhone or Android today. It's completely free and totally easy. Just tap, shop, and save. That's the coupons.com app on your iPhone or Android today. Can I also talk about that inspiration thing? And just, I wanted to read something I found really interesting today. Um, do either of you follow Rachel Cargill? Yes. Oh, she, oh, yeah. Oh my gosh. I need to follow. No, she's oh, so you do. good. If you're a white you're woman, actually, or if you're a black, if you're any woman, if you claim to be a feminist or if you don't, I just think ugh, she's really important. She's going to teach she's you imp- some stuff and she's going to tell you to shut up and listen. It's going to feel real uncomfortable and real good. And it's going to be real important. So she wrote an article for Harper's Bazaar that I love. It was called um, Why... God damn it. I can't remember the article title. Whatever. I'm going to read this excerpt from it. What is brave about... So she posted a photo of her in her body. She is a larger woman. I'm just going to say she's a she's what society would call fat. She's a fat yeah. woman. She had a photo of her um, for a series where she was like eating chocolate and she was like half naked on a couch and it is so gorgeous. But she wrote this article. What is brave about my existing happily in my body? What is brave about showing up for my love of self instead of for the gaze of white or male beauty standards? What is brave about being seen or being visible? I began to question whether the state same statements, cause she's addressing how a bunch of people are saying you're so brave. Mm. I began to question whether the same statements would have been made if I was a size four. Not often do I see thin bodies being hailed as social martyrs of courage and bravery for posing nude and showing uh. skin. Telling me that I'm brave for simply existing just as I am was a thinly veiled projection of how people actually feel about a body that looks like mine. You're what I understand as a body that is not enough, they think to themselves. But you push through with bravery and post that not enough body anyway. I often have to have the conversation with people explaining that intent does not erase impact. This lesson applies to the way in which we project and articulate our feelings about other people's bodies. While I believe every single person who told me I was brave had the intention to offer those words as a compliment, I couldn't shake the stark difference in how my body was being perceived and projected upon as opposed to the nude bodies of other thin people. Um, several people admitted their own frustrations with being called brave simply for existing a dancer with a cleft lip a model with a prosthetic leg a mother who fought and beat beat cancer each of them relayed to me with furrowed brows that people were constantly calling them brave as though they had a choice to push through the things they were experiencing the parts of them that just are and she just continues this goes for people with chronic illness trans community those who have disabilities consider who you are calling brave and what that statement means not just for your own understanding of how someone may be existing in the world but what your words might signal for them i thought that that was just yeah so we're all gonna follow rachel cargill yeah yeah (laughs) i just thought that that was so no it's true it happens all the time. And again, from really well-meaning people, yes. I did a shoot yesterday with a bunch of friends on the beach and we were actually just, I was podcasting with two of them. So then a couple of the girls wanted to meet up and I was like, well, we're doing a thing now. So we did it. And yeah, people were like, oh, you guys are so incredible. Like, it's so great to see women in curvaceous bodies show up and it's, and it's so brave. And like, <laughs> I'm not there yet with my own body, but it's so exciting to see other people. They see it as an act of bravery because it's something they can, they 
they have not been able to get through yet. So then they see it as brave. So but radical. It's, it's, yeah. so, it's not radical. We're just, we just were on a beach. We didn't say anything. I literally, my only comment was that I, it was so nice to go on the beach and not think about what other people thought of me, but think about what I thought of me. Because that was literally my entire experience. And one of the other girls, her experience when she came away from it, she was like, it was so nice to be with people that didn't talk about their bodies. Like we, mm. and I didn't even notice that like until afterwards. And they were like, nobody talked about their bodies and what a great experience that was. And everyone, yeah, that response is like, well, how brave, how brave of you guys to show up on a beach. It's like, <laughs> were we not supposed to do that? Like, yeah. what is, is that so radical? Like, no, like, and, and it's not even with the misnomer of like us bringing our kids and being like, good for you being a mom that's showing up for your kids. Like, no, we were just like, there was like other like bikini models out on the beach, like getting their photos done. And we were just like, we are also bikini models out on the beach, just doing our thing. Yes. I, that's literally the end of the sentence, but it happens all the time. My sister gets it. She is uh, very small bodied. And, you know, as we know, she struggled with eating disorders. So, of course, that's carrying th with her through her adult life. She, she remains in a smaller size. But she has six kids. And people will always say to her, you look good for having six kids. You look good for, like, and I'll even say that Four, I have three yeah. kids. And people look at me and they're like, you? And they run you up and down. You have three kids? And I was like, wait, why is it that you can't just end the sentence as, you look you good? You look good. You look good. Have you lost weight? You look good for having kids. You look good for being in your 30s. You look good. But like, just end a sentence. Like you look good. If you didn't have three kids, you wouldn't look good. If, if yeah, and and that's what's hard for a lot of women too is that there's so much positivity around the postpartum communities, and they're like, "Hey, I haven't had a baby. I haven't had a baby, and I've got stretch marks all over my body. I have a mom bod and no children." And for men, like the dad bod's been so glamorized, regardless of if they have children or not, but moms haven't really been given that same power. So it's always important. Like I can't relate because that's not my, that's not my story. It's not my experience, but like, girl, I see you, I see you. And the fact that like you have a body that is like been somewhat like people are being brave by showing up in their mom bods. Like you don't have to be a mom to have a body. That's a, like, that's uniquely mm -hmm. you. It's like what you said earlier. You said you don't need to have an explanation to exist in your body. No. You know, you don't have to have a reason no. why you have stretch marks or no. why you've gained weight. Or yeah. But it, it's, it's society presses for an answer. They want to know. And, and a lot of it does stem from this internal, the same as like when somebody loses weight, but what did you do? Did you take any pills? Did you do this? It's like this constant need for the answer. Like, why do you look like that? Why did you gain weight? Did something happen? Like, and I've even had those thoughts myself. I was watching a trailer for um, the new Hills show and I saw um, one of the stars on it. Like I used to watch her show so long ago and I hadn't seen her face in like 10 years and she's a little bit fuller now in her face and in her body and immediately I thought oh gosh what happened to her in the last 10 years and then I was like <gasps> but uh -huh. the important thing oh, she really let herself go that, that's kind of the thinking that it starts with but it, what I always remind people is it's your first thought might not be the right thought but what's going to be really important is what your second thought is what's your second thought because my second thought was oh gosh that was wrong of me and she actually looks equally beautiful as she did before and I need to go like check myself for a little while my second thought was the more important one like the first ones are the ones that are often um just an 
something even deep seated in our subconscious we didn't even know was there. It's like when you grew up in a household and you never sworn in your life. When you stub your toe, somebody still swears. It's in <laughs> us. Like there's something deep in there. So it, it, you can't just expect to like heal from the surface and not have deep stuff still happening. So yeah, when you have things like when you're looking at the menu and you see the different calorie intakes of things and you're, even though you wanted that one salad, you're going for the one with lesser calories because you do have fat phobic thinking. What's your second thought? Is your second thought like, no, actually I'm going to go for the more nutrient dense one, the one that I wanted in the first place and the one that's actually going to keep me satisfied for the rest of this day because I had what I wanted and I don't really need to answer to that. So I don't know. It's a, I just pay attention to your thoughts. Yeah, that's a great first step is just like noticing where this oh, cycle yeah. goes, taking them to use a Christian phrase, taking your thoughts captive. Oh my gosh, that was so Christianese. (laughs) (laughs) Whenever I meet people that have had like a Christian background, I'm like, cause I still, I still have my faith, but there's just like, I've just adapted into what I feel for myself. But it's really funny when you have certain people, like my best friend, even we were were talking about something one day and someone was talking about cartoons they watched growing up. And I was like, I didn't really watch any cartoons except for Veggie Tales. And she was like, oh my God, me too. And I was like, wait, what? I thought it was just me. I wasn't allowed to watch Scoop. We do, but the, so the, I get Christ, it. the Christianese <laughs> and like I thought for the longest time, like traveling mercies was like an actual missionary group. I didn't realize that that's just what we were praying for all the time was like traveling mercies <laughs> over people. Like, well, <laughs> Christianese. Uh, to end on a Christian note as usual, as we do. And I just want to say, first of all, so so appreciate you, like so many enlightening thoughts. And I just love the idea of being able to process all these thoughts. Um, and obviously we discuss certain things here, but to our listeners, this covers the fucking gamut. Like mm-hmm. this is not just about body. These insecurities can be about things that you don't feel like I've talked about the fact that I'm insecure because I don't necessarily feel like, um, a typical wife. Um, I'm insecure about the fact that I'm like not good at mm. cooking mm. and I'm not mm. the traditional, like good mom, the way that I pack my daughter's lunch. This can cover a a whole spectrum of things, but you know, we're in a moving and shifting dynamic in this world and it is so exciting. And people like you, Sarah have opened so many people's eyes, including my own to just process things in a different way. And like, just see beauty for what it is, which is Mm -hmm. love. It is. And it has so many facets and we have to stop looking at only one of them. We have to look at all facets and appreciate all of them. And honestly, this whole world and everything would be so boring if we were all perfect wives and little bodies cooking really great meals with really well-behaved children like we we need a little bit of the tea in our lives we need the drums we need differences we need uniqueness we we need need to keep it interesting yes yeah because if we're not evolving then yeah no for sure and that's what and that's what i mean like when we talk about coming back to this like solid end point like your body is the least interesting part of you what is the most interesting part of you because if we all looked the same that'd be very very boring to exist in so instead of trying to all look like the same thing why don't we just try and like be ourselves and see what that looks like? Mm-hmm. Agreed. Thank you so much, Sarah. Okay. You have a podcast. Plug I away. do. It's the papaya podcast. We talk a lot about like deep things, but like all different types of deep things. I have the ability to make people either laugh or cry. So that's like, <laughs> yeah, the papaya podcast, but find me on the birds papaya. Instagram is kind of my wheelhouse. It's where I like to kind of explore everything from my life coming through my weight loss and diet culture, as well as being a parent, a wife, divorce, all of these little things in between truly just journaling life. Where'd your, where'd your Instagram name come from? 
It's my daughter's nicknames. Yeah, it's Gemma, Birdie, and Maya Papaya. But it was like so oh. long ago before my son was born, so he always throws it in my face. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the Papaya podcast was like literally a nickname for the podcast. And then all of a sudden I was like, I don't have another name. But that now works. it's the Papaya podcast. <laughs> and everyone's like, it. you know that papayas look like vaginas, right? And I'm like, yeah, pa- like vagina power. We're fine. <laughs> that was all meant to be. It's all good. Yeah, good. yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Check thank you out, so much. Yes. Chat soon. Chat soon. Bye. Love you. Bye.